0: I would say three or four years ago, I started a project where I wanted to identify some of the greatest lessons that God has ever taught me in my life. You could call them principles or guidelines or truths or lessons or whatever. And so I started working on that project and took considerable time doing it, and I had in my notebook about 50 things that God had taught me through through the years of my life, from sermons from life experiences, just in in any imaginable way. And I thought, you know, one of these days, I want to put that in some kind of a printed form, and maybe that would be a blessing to somebody else. Well, I I did something that I seldom do. I put those 50 items somewhere where I I can't find it. I don't know where they are. I mean, but let me tell you this. It was really good. All of them were really... It was deep. It was profound. It was really good. But I can't find it. And so I thought, well that's a bummer because i worked hard on that and then i th- have you ever worked hard on something then you lost it and you said i'm not i've lost interest in the project i'm not doing that again well that was me well on the friday night after thanksgiving this past year i was home church office closed for thanksgiving day and the day after and i was home on that day and that night and as i was sitting in my in my comfortable chair about 10 o'clock that night the thought ran through my mind why don't you get a notebook why don't you get a pen and see how many of those 50 truths you can remember and maybe some of them that you'll write down won't even have been on the original list and so I did and I started working on that and I would say within about an hour and I may I think I probably worked on it a little bit the next day but in a very short amount of time I had not all 50 of them But I had 31 of the greatest lessons that God has ever taught me in my life. Now, again, you could call these guidelines, principles. I have chosen to call them timeless truths for victorious Christian living. And so originally what I wanted to do was to print these 31 truths on a little bookmark or maybe a two- or three-page thing we could hand out, and you would have all of the truths. And then I thought, well, what I should do is add a Scripture verse or so, maybe two verses, with each truth so the people can read the truth, and then they can look up one or two Bible verses. And I was just going to give the references, like Proverbs 3, 5, or Jeremiah 29, 11. Well, I wasn't even going to print out the verses. Well, one night in December, I was driving from my house to Houston Hobby Airport to pick a couple up who was coming to visit, and I was driving down the Beltway feeder, and another thought ran through my mind. Instead of just printing the truth and one or two scripture references. Why don't you print the truth at the top of the page, give a brief explanation of the truth, and then print out a page full of verses so that each truth can be on its own page and you could have 10 or so verses underneath that truth that would put the truth in a biblical context. And so, in December I started doing that. And Lisa Allen who works at our church staff and Cindy Johnson Uh, who works closely with me, started working very hard on this project, and for December and January and up into February, that was what consumed a lot of our time, trying to put a little booklet together. What was going to be a bookmark now has become a booklet, and so when you leave today, we have it And Rick Lipsy has designed the cover and done a fantastic job. It's a very attractive little booklet, 31 Timeless Truths for Victorious Christian Living, a fresh thought for each day of the month. And so when you go out today, you can pick one of these up. They're $10 each, made payable to John Redmond Ministries. And uh, no, I'm just teasing. They're not anything. This is from the church. And you just pick one up for yourself if you've not already done so. We've given away about 5,000 of these in the last couple of weeks. But... Pick up one of these for yourself and feel free to pick up one for a a spouse or for a friend. I would encourage you, if you give it away to somebody else, write a little note in there so you'll personalize it so it'll mean something to it. And the way it's designed is that on each day of the month, like today is March the 28th, and so this morning I was home and I read Timeless Truth 28, which simply says, pleasing God is paramount. And then it has a brief explanation under it and it says this, We should love people, we should be kind to people, we should encourage people, we should help people, but we should not spend our lives trying to please people. We should spend our lives trying to please God. At the end of the journey, His opinion is the only one that will matter. If you believe that, say amen. And so there's the truth, and then I had about 10 verses, and I, you just, you, it's not just the reference, it's actual the verse. You don't even have to take the time to look the verses up in your Bible. You can just read the scripture right here. Now, yesterday, and by the way, I do encourage you, here's the only thing I ask before you pick up these books. When you get home today, be sure to read the introduction. It's about two pages. Well, it is two pages, and it explains some extra things that are in this booklet that If you don't read the introduction, you would just miss out on a blessing. I have a morning prayer that we've printed in here. I encourage you to pray that prayer every morning. We've printed the Lord's Prayer. I encourage you to pray the Lord's Prayer every morning. And then I've selected 12 of my favorite verses in the Bible. You know, there are over 31,000 verses in the Bible. And so when somebody says, what's your favorite? Well, it just depends what day of the week it is for me or what I'm going through. But I listed out 12 of the greatest and most well-known verses in the Bible, and I've been trying to read them every morning, I encourage you to do that, and then go to the truth for that particular day and read it, don't just rush through it, think about it, apply it to your lives, uh, to your life, and then read the verses that go with it. Now yesterday, I woke up and I read Timeless Truth 27 because it corresponded to the day of the month. And after I read it and thought about it, thought about it for my own life, I knew I was going to be speaking today because Dad had asked me to do the sermon today, which I'm glad to do. And I thought that would be a great thought, not so much of a full-blown sermon, but it would be a great thought to share at the Tuesday Bible Lunch. And so here's what the thought is, Timeless Truth 27, human beings need rest. If you believe that, say amen. Amen. I'm just curious, how many of you right this second are tired? Would you just raise your hand? Okay. And some of you that didn't raise your hand are actually asleep, so would you punch? <laughs> I stood up to preach on Sunday night. This is a true story. I had not told this to anybody. I stood up to preach, Dad, on Sunday night, and I was two minutes into my sermon, and I looked right over here on the front row, Todd and Don Houston, who are two of my best friends. I mean, I don't have any better friends than them. And uh, she's like a sister, and he's like a brother. I was two minutes into that sermon, and Dawn was yawning. I thought, she's not even going to make it through the introduction. And so I looked over to where my family sits, and my parents had my niece and nephew sitting with them. She's six, he's four. My nephew's four, who has endless energy. I've never seen him tired. And as soon as I took my eyes off Dawn, he was putting out the biggest yawn I've ever seen in all my life. And I thought, this is my family. And I've still got 35 strong minutes to go in this sermon. So I think most of us are tired a lot of the time. And I'm going to get into that today. I mean, it's not going to be a full-blown sermon maybe, but I'm going to give you enough information that you'll at least know I came prepared. But the fact is, human beings do need rest. God made us that way. Now, here's what... So that's the truth. That's just that simple. Human beings need rest. Now, in the explanation of that truth, I've said this. We need to regularly draw aside and rest. We need daily rest. We need weekly rest. And we need other special times to get away and refresh ourselves. God knows we need rest. And He has a way of slowing us down... If we refuse to do so ourselves. Have you noticed that in your life? If you just get to burning the candle at both ends and going too fast out there, eventually you will slow down. It may not be that you slowed yourself down. It may be that you got sick. And as a result of getting sick, you are now resting. And I'm reminded of what the psalmist said. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. We talk a lot about the green pastures, but we need to remember the first part. He make, Sometime God will make you lay down. God will slow us down if we refuse to do so ourselves. Now, with that said, open your Bibles, please, to the book of Genesis. It will be easy to find this verse. Genesis chapter 2. I want us to look at the, very, at the third verse in that chapter. Genesis chapter 2 and verse number 3. Now, God has just created finished creating the world. And it says this, then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because in it he rested from all his work which he had made. Now God rested. He didn't rest because he was tired. He rested because he was finished. But by resting, God was giving us an example of something that we should do. Now turn to the end of the book of Genesis and find chapter number 49. You won't have any trouble finding that. Genesis chapter 49, and then find the 14th verse. Chapter 49 and verse 14. And it's talking about one of Jacob's sons. The boy's name was Isaacar or Issachar, however you want to pronounce that. And we find his name in verse 14. And in verse 15, notice what it says. It says, he saw that rest was good. Let's say that together. He saw that rest was good. And so rest is not a bad thing. Rest is not a dirty word. Rest doesn't mean we're lazy. It says that Jacob's ninth son said, he saw that rest was good. Now, when we think about rest, more specifically, when we think about the Sabbath day, we think about the Ten Commandments. And you know the Ten Commandments, and you know that is the fourth commandment. Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. And so when we think about the Sabbath day, we think about the Jewish people. We think about something in Old Testament times. And we think about something that doesn't even apply to us anymore. Because in the New Testament, the Sabbath was really not nearly as big a deal as it was in the Old Testament. And yet the fact is, God had established a day of rest. Before he gave the Old Testament law to Moses. And so while the idea of rest is included in the Old Testament law, the idea of rest did not begin there. It, ca- it came before the law. And so it's not, it's not just a matter of law. It is something that we need. And so we see in, in pre-law times that God has established a rhythm for life. And part of that rhythm includes work, and part of that rhythm includes rest. God knows that we need rest. Now think about something. When God made you, He designed you in such a way that you need rest. That was God's idea. When God made us, He could have made us in such a way that we never needed to sleep. That we could go 24 hours a day. Seven days a week, never take a nap, never get sleepy, never get tired. He could have made us that way. In fact, when we get to heaven, that's how it will be. In heaven, there is no night. We never get tired. We have new bodies. But when God designed us and gave us these human bodies, he designed us to rest. He designed us to sleep. That's how he made Sometimes you'll hear something that says, well, you're supposed to sleep eight hours a day. That's a third of a 24-hour day if you live to be 90 that means you have spent 30 years asleep. And most time when somebody says that, they say, "What a shame to sleep three decades." Well, it's not a shame. It's not wrong. It, it's, it's, it's how God made us. He designed these bodies. If we're going to live to 90, when God made us, He said, "Yes, I've designed it so that 30 of those years, you should spend sound asleep. And so sleep is something that is very, very important. And we all need that rest. Now, as I say, in the book you're going to get when you leave, uh, there are lots of verses on sleep. One of them is in Psalm 127. I love this little phrase. It says that he gives his beloved sleep. And so sleep is a gift from God. Now listen to some of the information I came across about sleep. Americans, on average, sleep one hour less per night Than they did 20 to 30 years ago. So you're not getting as much sleep as your parents got. And you're not getting as much sleep as you used to get. Because we're sleeping less. Uh, Sleep deprivation has uh, lots of problems. One is drowsiness. One is the inability to concentrate. I notice that when I get sleep deprived. Or when I'm going too hard in life. I can't think. I can't concentrate. I lose any creative abilities. uh, Sleeplessness tends to put us in a bad mood. I don't understand all, I don't pretend to be a doctor, but there's something about the serotonin levels in the brain, and sleep, a lack of sleep can alter that slightly and it can put us in a bad mood. I heard about a lady who was a member of a particular church and she went to see her pastor one Monday to complain about something, and the receptionist said, Pastor's not here today, he takes Monday off. Lady said, What do you mean he takes Monday off? What kind of pastor is this? World dying going to hell, and our preacher takes it Monday off. Well, the next day, Sunday at church, she found the pastor after the service. She said, Pastor, I came to see you last Monday. He said, Well, I'm sorry. I missed you. I take Monday off. She said, I know you do. She said, The receptionist told me you take Monday's your off day. He says, Well, Sunday's a busy day, and I just feel like I need to take Monday's off. And, boy, she led into him. She said, i me to tell you something, Pastor. I think you're lazy. I think you're a poor excuse for a pastor. I want you to know the devil never takes a day off, and neither do I. <laughs> pastor said, Ma'am, I understand that, and I want you to know something. If I never took a day off, I'd be just as mean as the two of you are. So, <laughs> Pastor, I don't know if that pastor was courageous fixing to leave churches or just didn't care. He probably just didn't care what that lady thought. But the fact is, if we get too sleepy or too tired, you know this to be true from vacations and maybe you're... you're or. or Overworking, and then you know, you just you get touchy and you get irritable, and you need a vacation, and so a bad mood can be the result. We do become irritable, we become grouchy, it reduces our quality of life. It also affects adversely, adversely our immune system. A lack of sleep decreases the body temperature, it lowers the release of growth hormones. It increases our heart rate. It increases our blood pressure. One recent study said that young adult men placed on a restricted sleep schedule of four hours each night for six consecutive nights showed an altered metabolism of glucose. Their insulin-resistant pattern was similar to that observed in elderly men and in people developing diabetes. Researchers say there is no doubt that there's an association between sleep loss, obesity, and diabetes. The average American needs 7.2 hours of sleep per night. Now, you may not need that much, but that's what the average American needs. Risk of developing obesity rises 23% with just 6 hours of sleep a night. If you only sleep 5 hours of night, it increases by 50%. And if you only sleep 4 per- hours a night, it rises by 73%. And so we know that we can't burn the the candle at both ends. Did you know Albert Einstein used to sleep between 8 and 10 hours a night? And so the next time somebody says you're lazy, say, no, I'm a genius. I'm I'm smart. Now, it's true. I did read this. Thomas Edison only slept between 4 and 6 hours a night. Okay? So there are exceptions. But another side of that is he might have created the light bulb a lot quicker had he got his rest. So who knows? I have a friend in Tennessee... In fact I'm going to see him in a couple of months he's chief of police in the town where I grew up my dad used to pastor over there and last time I saw him he worked for the FBI and I was in Tennessee preaching a revival and he and I got to spend some time together and uh, one day we were talking I said Don with your work schedule crazy hours how much sleep do you get a night he said eight hours I said how do you get eight hours sleep a night he said well it's not always the same eight hours he said, some nights I can go to bed like everybody else. At 10 or 11 o'clock, I get up eight hours later. Some nights my work makes me work till three in the morning. I don't get to go to bed till that time. He said, whatever time I go to bed, I set my alarm clock for eight hours beyond that. And so if I go to bed at three at night, I sleep till 11 in the morning. And he said, I've just learned I have, I have to do that. Dr. R.T. Kendall, who was here back in January, I was quizzing him about some things. And I asked him about his sleep schedule. And he said to me, I, I like to get at least seven. At least seven hours of sleep a night. I prefer eight. And if I can get nine, now he goes to bed really early to get that. But he said, If I can get nine, he said, John, I have become now, this is a quote from him a fanatic about sleep. He said, I'm a fanatic about sleep because here's why I've noticed if I don't get enough sleep that I start to get sinus infections. It begins with a sore throat, then a sinus infection. And he said, it can get down into my chest, bronchitis. He said, last fall, I had or almost had pneumonia. He said, at my age, it could kill me if I let my body get to run down. And so he said, if I have to sleep a little bit longer, I'll make it up later in the day. I'll cut something else out. But he said, I'm not going to sacrifice how much sleep that I am getting. And so how much sleep we get is very, very important. There's something about rest that our body needs. Now, this is interesting today. It's 1242, which means I have just finished my introduction, and it's time for me to do a whole sermon in three minutes, and I'm not going to do it because what I have here is a, it's a whole sermon about the Sabbath and about how we should take Every week, a day off, and what we're supposed to do on the Sabbath. And so what I want to do is to save that for next Tuesday. Because he asked me to preach next Tuesday, too. And I was not planning on preaching on about rest two weeks in a row. But I believe this. I believe in the sovereignty of God. I believe that God is in control of everything. If you believe that, say amen. Amen. And I believe if I came out here in good faith, having prepared, planning on preaching the whole thing, and just flat ran out of time... That that's God's way of saying, this is so important that it needs to be devoted to two weeks. And so we'll pick up next week with our Sabbath, what we do on the Lord's Day and how we worship God and how we rest and some practical benefits of that. But for today, I think it is enough to say, as you go from here, get your book and go home and go back into your life routine. Use this week to evaluate your daily schedule. What time you go to bed, what time you get up, your devotional time, your quiet time. That's why I encourage you to read the introduction to this book, because in the back of it, I give a thorough explanation of something God put on my heart about how we can have a better prayer life. And so, it is so very important. Listen, God cares about every detail of our lives, not just that we're saved. That's the main thing. But he cares about our health, he cares about our energy, he cares about our routine, he cares about our day. The Bible says he has the hairs of our head numbered. And so I would encourage you between today and next Tuesday, this is your assignment, and I'm going to make it my assignment too. Look at how you spend time and how much time You spend resting and sleeping. If you say, John, there's no way I could get eight hours of sleep a night. If that's what you're saying, let me ask you this. How many hours a day are you watching television? Because if you say, well, I can't get enough sleep at night because I'm up so late watching TV. If you knock the TV off earlier and go to bed, your body would be more rested. In fact, your blood pressure would probably be lower too because who needs much of that stuff we see on television? And so think about your schedule, think about your life, and I believe that'll put us in a position to come back next Tuesday and to talk about the practical and spiritual benefits of having a Sabbath day each week. But now we're not just talking about a day, we're talking about within, our, within each day to have a time where we can get our proper rest. Amen? Isn't that a good word? Father, I thank you today. I didn't know we'd be spend that much time talking about just the importance of daily rest. But I think that's what you have for us today, daily rest. And so, God, help us to take this message to heart, and God, help us to apply it to our lives. We don't want to be unnecessarily sick with these things that could have been prevented had we just rested our bodies. And so, God, help us not only to be right spiritually, help us to be right physically. Is our prayer in Jesus' name and all the people said. Amen.